0: Dr. Luis Sandoval is accomplished in the fields of mental health and spiritual warfare, a medical doctor, board certified in neurology, psychiatry, and family medicine. He is also a psychiatrist for the Roman Catholic Diocese of Orange, Ministry of Healing and Deliverance. Now, Dr. Luis Sandoval. All right. Well, welcome to the clinic here at the Dr. Luis Sandoval Show. I'm your host, Dr. Luis Sandoval. Um, Welcome to all of our listeners here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Always good to have you here with us. Always great to talk about our health here at the clinic, our mental health, our spiritual health, and our physical health. Um, you know, the, the our bodies, our souls, and our, our minds don't distinguish between each other all the time. We like to separate them into different uh, categories, but in reality, we are one and the same. We're happening all at the same time. Um, today's show, we're gonna talk a little bit about bias because this is important in terms of how we perceive the world and how we make decisions in the world, especially coming into the new year, and we talk about resolutions, and I want to, you know, do this for myself and how am I going to keep this resolution going and how am I going to improve my life? Well, when bias comes into play, it changes everything. It just changes our perception. It changes how we uh, interact with the world and it changes really the decisions that we make. But before we get into that, let's go ahead and start with a prayer. We'll start with a Hail Mary here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Always good to start with a prayer. Um, have Our Lady lead us as the general that she is here um, and lead us into battle, into battle for uh, the battle for our minds, for our souls, for our bodies. Um, and it's important to talk about bias. Before that, though, I want to remind all of our listeners, we are going to have the uh, Spiritual Warfare Conference coming up in a couple of Uh, week. So on January 16th, there's going to be the spiritual warfare conference put on by Jesse Romero and Dan Schneider. You're going to get such great high intel information as uh, Jesse likes to say on spiritual warfare, what to do, how to arm yourself and how to go into the battle uh, and really win and be victorious. We already know that Christ has been victorious for us, but now we got to continue our own battle, our own individual battle and come ahead from that. And this is also why it's important that we're going to talk about biases. I know that, uh, we are in the new year. People have made resolutions. People have um, decided what they're going to be doing in terms of, um, <clears throat> you know, this is what I want to do for myself. This is what I want to do to improve for myself. But is there anything that's going to keep us from that? Because if you notice, we try to make resolutions every year. We try to say, this is what I'm going to do. And somehow, sometimes it just doesn't work out. Or we go back to, yeah, I said I was going to start doing that, but I didn't. And all of a sudden we get this into this slump, into the sense that Oh, you know I failed. You know, and and I'm a failure and now I'm not going to go back to do that because you know I failed at that and and I wasn't good and we when we start thinking that way, one of the things that happens is we start to believe something that may or may not be true. And I say it may or may not be true because I don't know that it's been examined. I think that we've already made a decision. That this is the way it is. This is the way it's going to be, and therefore I'm not going to move ahead in life with this decision I made. And it can be anything really in life. I mean, we make decisions all the time. We want to improve ourselves all the time, and you know, the the most common one in the new year is, "Oh, everybody wants to get in good physical shape," which is great, right? It's a new start. I want to feel good about myself. Um, For myself, I had shared that I wanted to get uh, uh, really to get to know our religion you know, in, in different chunks on a daily basis and see what's happening today, who's the saint of the day, what am I celebrating, what season am I in, and why is this uh, important in my faith? What does this mean, why does the Magisterium set up our Catholic calendar in such a way? But if we're gonna talk about biases or things that can uh, potentially um, distort us from this or, or keep us from being able to accomplish our goals, um, we have to understand, first of all, what is a bias? What, what does it mean to have a bias? Um, and we look up just a basic definition, you know, and there's nothing uh, really fancy about this. You can look up definitions anywhere you want. Um, but a bias, and I just did a just general internet search here. A bias is a disproportionate weight in favor of or against an idea or thing, usually in a way that is closed-minded, prejudicial, or unfair. Now, Those are strong words, closed-minded, prejudicial, and unfair. We hear that all the time. What it really means, I don't think you're a bad person because we have biases. We have biases are a normal part of life. I don't think they have to be closed-minded necessarily and i don't have to be the they, they, they can be prejudicial and and usually biases uh can be unfair because they are not real um but it's not necessarily closed minded it just means that this is the way i've been trained to think um it means that i need maybe to take a step back and see why is it that i'm thinking this way what what's happening there's nothing wrong with with anybody who has uh with with the person who has biases the biases is what needs to be challenged because we all have biases we all see the world in a certain way, and we all think in a certain way. Um, one of the things that we need to look at is, what are the different types of biases? If you go online and you look at this, you're going to find so many different types of biases, so many different articles. Some people will say 12 biases. Some people will say three biases. Um, and in reality, if you look at them, it's just you, it, it's important to look at all of them, um, only because it, uh, it lets you know that, oh, I'm going to think a certain way because of this, or because uh, my brain, because this is what I have to work with. But let's let's go with an example. Let's go with 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 the most basic example of biases, and one that happens all the time um, is a confirmational bias. A confirmational bias happens when I've decided this is what's already true. And all I'm going to do now is I'm going to verify that. So how many times has this happened in life where, you know, you're you're watching the news or or you see somebody walking down the street or, you know, you, you uh, uh, talk to somebody, you just meet somebody and you've already decided, oh, I've got you figured out. I know who you are. I just met you. I shook your hand. And because of the way that you're dressed or because of uh, your background or because you speak a certain language, oh, I think I've got you figured out. And now everything that I do in terms of, um, uh, getting to know you, or in terms of understanding what your life is about, really what it comes down to is I'm just going to look for information that, that will tell me, uh, what I already think I know. So if some, if I read something that isn't, doesn't sound accurate or doesn't sound like it's something I know, then all of a sudden I'm going to decide, no, that's not right. That can't be right. I better, I better, uh, stick to what I know. And, and I've already decided, uh, that this is the case. So to give a perfect example of, of uh, of confirmational bias. Sometimes, you know, you're, you're uh, walking out to the car, let's say, and your car is parked somewhere and it's a nice fall day. And, uh, um, you, uh, are walking towards the car and you see that there's something on the windshield there and it looks like it's under your, uh, windshield wiper and you've already decided, Oh my gosh, that's a ticket because, you know, that's, that's, uh, that's, I can see it from here. It's a ticket. Your heart starts pounding. I got a parking ticket. What am I going to do? I'm going to have to go to court. You've already decided all these different things and you're going to go and you're going to confirm that. And all of a sudden you get there and, oh my gosh, that wasn't the case. But from far away, I had already decided that from when I get there, all of a sudden I look at my car. Oh no, it's a leaf. It was, it was, you know, fall weather, a leaf fell on the, on the windshield and, I had already made a decision that it was a confirmational bias. I was already upset. I yelled at the parking meter person who was walking by because I already decided that that was the case. And all I was doing was confirming, yep, there's a parking meter guy. They're giving out tickets. Yeah, that must be a ticket on my car. Even though I'm parked correctly, they're just after me. And that's just the fact of life. You know, we, we already developed this bias, but it's based on experience, right? So it's not entirely that you're completely wrong and wondering, could that have been a parking ticket on my car? It's more our reaction to it. Did I stop to think for a minute? Wait a minute. I parked correctly. Why would they give me a ticket? I better go double check that. And you know what? I go double check and, oh, I was wrong. My initial thought was that it was a ticket. But in reality, it was a leaf that fell off a tree. Um, these things happen and you notice that our perception was distorted based on what was around. It's not that there wasn't something on my car. It's just that I had decided at that point that, guess what? This is what it was. And so that happens to us a lot in life, right? We meet somebody and we say, oh, you know, I see a broken base and I think, oh, I already know who did that. Well, I don't know. Did you see it get broken? Did you... Uh, were you there when it happened? Did you hear it? Do you know the time of day it happened? You just see a broken face and you're like, "No, it had to have been that kid from across the street. He's always goofing around. he's always messing around. I already know that, and in fact, i'm gonna go talk to his parents and let them know that he broke this face, and I don't even have any proof of that. so I already go and, and and create all of this and did I really have any proof of that? Did I really uh see that happen? No, but based on my experience with that kid, based on what I know about that kid. I've already made a decision that this totally isolated incident uh, was because of this person. And for all I know, it could have been the neighbor's cat. It could have been my own kids. It could have been, you know, many different reasons, but without any proof, I've already decided. I think that's one of the things that we fall victim to um, is confirmational bias because we do have a lot of information and we can, and you know, in in the layman's terms, what what this really means is I'm jumping to conclusions. You know, you're jumping to conclusions. It's a good reminder that we got to take that step back and decide, hey, you know that's not necessarily the case. I better investigate a little bit more. This is important in our spiritual lives as well, because how many times do we decide that, oh, this person is bad because of this, or, you know, I'm going to go to hell because of this. We need to take that step back and we need to ask ourselves, am I just jumping to conclusions here? Am I doing what's called a confirmational bias or am I really, really digging, digging deep and trying to figure out what is it that's happening? You know, am I just going based on emotion or am I using my logic? You know, and uh, another thing that we need to consider when when we think about this is if I'm going to set goals for myself, I need to understand that there are biases, because if I don't, then all of a sudden, every time I come up against a roadblock like that, I'm just going to end up uh, in a situation where everything's bad. You know, everything, everything, uh, uh, nothing makes sense. Everything's bad. And I'm not going to move ahead in life. I'm not going to get into the reach my goals because all of a sudden I'm going to let this stop. I'm going to let it stop me. So another uh, type of bias <coughs> that we see uh, sometimes in society um, is advertising biases. And I don't know if anybody's ever heard of this, but if I choose to get all the information, where am I going to learn about the information? Because now I said, hey, I, I realize that I've got these biases. I better take a step back and learn what the truth is. So. I better know where to look for that though, right? Because if I just go to one source of information, well, you know, my neighbor said that this was true, so it must be true. But is your neighbor the only person that you ask? So there's something called advertising bias. And what this means is really, and you know, the, if you look it up, it'll say what media stories are, news outlets, um, you know, advertisers, uh, especially if there's big sponsors and things like that. We're going to talk more about this when we come back from the break. But it's important to remember based on what we're learning is how we're also going to perceive the world more more about that when we come back from the break um and keep in mind uh, as you're thinking about biases think that this is going to help us to improve to move forward All right. Well, welcome back to the clinic here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Thank you for joining us as always. You're listening to the Dr. Luis Sandoval Show. I am your host, Dr. Luis Sandoval, and today we're talking about biases or things that might change our perception um, into making decisions or deciding how the world is around us without necessarily having all the information. I had previously talked about a confirmational bias where you know we see something and we've already decided that that's what's true, Um, and you know I've already made a decision this is what's true. And all I'm going to do is I'm going to read more about it, or I'm going to talk to people who, who know about that and, and who agree with me, not necessarily because it is what is true, but because it's what I want to, um, uh, have affirmation of. I want to believe that this is what's true. What's important though, is what, if I'm going to be challenging my biases and if I'm going to be challenging my thought processes, if I'm not going to make assumptions about people, one of the things that's very, very important is well, how am I gonna challenge that? Where am I gonna get my information to really change my mind about it? Because if all I do is read one book about one topic, then all my information for that one topic came from that one source. And so there's something called, uh, you know, there's different types of biases, I'm gonna mention them, and, and, and they, after a while, you're gonna notice that it all kind of blends, that if we don't have an open mind, if we don't get an idea to finding out the truth from different sources, um, we might not get the big picture, we're, we're, or we might not get down to, to what's really happening. So there's a type of bias called, called advertising bias, and the definition for that, it says that it consists of selecting media stories based on what will please advertisers. Um, so to give an example, let's say that um, there's a, a major sponsor for uh, a, a big product, and all of a sudden, you know, they're going to they're gonna put on commercials for that product during a show because that sponsor uh, is going to give a lot of money to that show and they're going to, they're going to fund that show. Um, and so they're going to get, let's say that the product is something like a candy bar and you keep seeing all this advertising for that candy bar. Well, after a while, you're going to decide that, gosh, that must be the best candy bar out there because that's what I keep seeing on what's being advertised. You know, the advertising happens all the time. This is where, um, you know, people put big, big money into advertising. Why? Because the, companies know that the more you see something and the more that the story is pitched, that this is what the best is, this is what the truth is. I might not even go further into researching, gosh, is is there a better candy bar out there? Is there a different type of candy bar out there? I just keep seeing that. And all of a sudden I'm just going to start to believe that that's what's true. And so have you noticed there's a lot of money that goes into advertising because they know companies know that psychologically we're gonna be influenced by this. It's no different than back in the day when uh movies started and people would say, gosh, as the movie reel was going, they would put in two, three seconds of subliminal messages, whether it be popcorn or a soda or something. Because all of a sudden, the more our brain is exposed to something, um, the more we're going to believe that that's true, or the more we're going to want that product. Um, and so we had to be very careful of, why am I believing this? Why am I getting this? Why am I accepting this? It's because that's what the advertising saying. That's what I'm being bombarded with. Now, we can talk about product advertisement, but we can also talk about something like mainstream media advertising, um, or you know news outlet advertising. If the if the news outlet that you're looking at, or the information that the the place where you're getting your information from, is saying the same thing as everyone else, you gotta you gotta ask yourself, am I getting the whole truth? Am I getting a variety of the truth, or am I only getting the same story from different people? Because all of a sudden, in a way, it's it becomes advertising, right? Is is there, is somebody really giving us the news? Are they really telling us what's going on, or are many many different people telling us the exact same thing? without challenging it or without allowing us to have our own ideas about it. This is very important on on multiple fronts because it also will affect how we see our faith, right? If we start to look at our faith and we decide, oh, this is what must be true. Well, why? Because this priest said that, or this bishop said that, or, you know, this other person was telling me that this is what's true about the faith. And either, uh, what am I going to do? Am I going to decide, you know, that, that this one uh, topic is true because all these different people said it? Or am I going to go back to the source um, there's other type of th- types of uh, biases that'll affect us. one of them could be sensationalism, so another one is where all of a sudden, you know, every time we're watching the media, every time we're hearing a story, everybody, every time we're talking to somebody, do we get stories from that person or from that news outlet or from that or from whatever we're reading about things that are just extraordinary, that these are, uh, it makes it seem like something major is happening. Yes, there are tragedies that happen in the world. There's no doubt about that. There are, you know, tragedies of uh, natural disasters. There are tragi- tragedies of terrorist uh, attacks and things of that nature. But is that's what's happening every day or is it isolated incidents without realizing that our everyday is not that exciting. One of the challenges though, is that if that's all that we're exposed to, we're going to have a sensationalism bias where we're going to believe that everything is bad all the time, a hundred percent of the time. And is that true in terms of, of what is happening or is that just our perception? Our perception is what is really most important because, um, That uh, uh, our perception is most important, I should say, in the sense that that's what's going to make us act a certain way. That's what's going to make us make certain decisions, how I perceive the world. Therefore, if we know that, if we know that our brain is going to be susceptible to all this, it's so important to make sure that our perception and the truth line up. Because once I know the truth, then I can see things clearly. Then I can see how other people might be thinking things that we say, oh, that's not necessarily the case. You know, That's not exactly what's going on. This happens all the time, even in our everyday lives. I mean, I talk about news and I talk about advertisement and things of that nature. But um, the reality is, how many times has this happened to us in our lives where I'm talking to somebody or I'm talking to my kids and, I, and they start asking me a question and I think to myself, oh, I know where this is going. I've already made that decision. Look at what I've already said. I know where this is going. I haven't even heard the whole story. I haven't heard the, um, uh, uh, you know, their premise or why they're, why they're asking me the question. Now, might I be right in the end of the day? Maybe, because you know, I would say I know my kids well or I know that person well. But have I taken the time to stop and listen in that moment and say, hey, this is, uh, maybe, maybe they have a different angle coming up. Maybe they have something, something else that they want. You know, I can give you a perfect example. This One of my kids came up to me one time. And they started asking me about desserts and they said, Hey dad, you know, uh, when it comes to dessert, uh, something, and I already thought, Oh boy, they want to start talking about desserts and we haven't had dinner. And now they're going to want to have a sweet before, uh, dinner time. And, uh, you know, no, you can't have desserts. And all they kept saying was no dad. No, what I'm trying to say is I, I know what you're trying to say. You want to eat your, your cookie right now, but no, I told you, you have to wait till after dinner. And then all of a sudden they stopped and they said, no, that's not what I was saying at all. And I say, well, what are you talking about? Because in my mind, I'm thinking, gosh, this is what you always do, right? You always, you're always, you always asking me about this. You're always uh, want, of course, Every what kid doesn't want their dessert before dinner, right? So I've already made the decision that that's what was happening. And they were saying, no, actually, what I was trying to figure out was I was going to ask you about this because I wanted to know what dessert you liked. And I wanted to know if you, uh, um, I, I wanted to surprise you with it. But now I can't surprise you because I was, as I was asking you about this, I thought, gosh, maybe we can make dad a dessert or we can surprise him with a nice dessert after dinner. But, you know, now I, I, I don't want to get in trouble. So I got to tell you what I was thinking. And there's dad thinking, oh, my gosh, what am I thinking here? Right. What am I doing? Why didn't I stop to listen to my kid for just a little bit? because my bias came into play and I had already decided that I knew what was going on. And then I missed out on a nice little surprise. (laughs) So that's essentially what happens when we let our biases get the best of us, because all of a sudden we're going to decide that we know the world. We understand the world as it, as it, um, as it works and functions. And we've already decided how we're going to approach that without necessarily taking a step back and saying, well, wait a minute, let me see where this person's coming from let me see what they're trying to do. They are actually, my kid's actually trying to surprise me here and they're trying to try to do it in a sneaky way. But because they are trying to do it that way, I've already decided that I know the conclusion to that. And ultimately when we come, when it comes to biases and when it comes to us making decisions before we even know, uh, the answer to, to what's happening, we end up missing out, you know, and at the end of the day, could we be right? Sure. Absolutely. There's many times where we're going to be right because biases are not entirely negative. Um, it's a way that our brain helps us at the same time to say, Hey, you've been here before you might want to be cautious. You might want to be careful. It's almost like saying, Hey, if you ever had to approach a wild animal? You got to know the nature of the wild animal. And I know that if there's a tiger in the room, I should be cautious because more than likely they're going to eat me. That's not the Time where I would want to say, God, you know, maybe my bias is wrong. Maybe I should go and pet the tiger because maybe they're really nice. Not the time to think that way because now my perception is lined up with the truth. There's no question about that. A tiger can be a wild animal and nobody should go pet that. But we know that all around. Biases are a little bit more subtle because they come up on us on the everyday. They come up on us on everyday situations where, you know, we want to make a decision. And all of a sudden, we've already decided what the answer is uh, on interacting with, with people on, on the information that we have before us. You know, this can be challenging for, for us on, on different levels because it can really truly limit us as to what decisions we make in life and how we perceive people. There is something that's kind of like a bias. Uh, they're also called fallacies, and fallacies are ways of thinking that are not logical, but we apply them to everyday life. One of them that's very, very important is something called an ad hominem fallacy. If anybody's ever heard of this, ad hominem is Latin, and it means to the man. One of the things that happens to us that's going to prevent us truly from gaining the information or, or having that intellectual sense of, you know, this is what's true, and this is what's going to get me ahead, um, is when all of a sudden we hear somebody say something, we hear somebody make an argument, and we automatically assume that it's wrong. And why do we assume that it's wrong? We haven't even heard what the argument is. We haven't heard what the context is, context is. But an ad hominem response can be very, very challenging because we have already made the assumption that it doesn't matter what this person says. Is, uh, uh, is It doesn't matter what this person says. Whatever they say is wrong and I'm not going to agree with. As soon as they show up on stage, as soon as they show up, as soon as they shake my hand, as soon as I talk to this person, doesn't matter what they say. I don't like them. They, and, and whatever they say is wrong. This could be, this happens all the time. We see it all the time uh, in, in our politics and our politics when dealing with politicians and different people uh, in our world, you know, uh, a, a Senator, a president, a, a mayor, somebody gets up to take the stage and somebody says, Oh, it doesn't matter what they say. It's going to be wrong. I've seen this all the time where people will try to do a, a gotcha and, and, and catch people uh, uh, in, in this ad hominem attack very common. I saw a reporter one time going around college campuses and saying, Hey, guess what this, uh, uh, person in political office said, and they start giving all these different, uh, um, things, different, different quotes. Uh, and they say, and you know, the person responds to these quotes and they say, yeah, you know, they, they put on these taxes and they, they change this thing for immigrants and they change this policy. And, and this is what, you know, this is what this president did. And the person, you know, the person says, That's horrible. Whoever did that, they should, oh my gosh, that's terrible. They should be out. They should just be taken away. You know, this is awful. And then, you know, the person telling them the quote says, actually, this is the, you know, you know who really said this This is the, the president that you like. That's who said this. And the person doesn't know what to say. Because all of a sudden they say, well, you know, and all of a sudden then we start to backtrack, right? Why do we backtrack? Because it turns out that we were just attacking the person or we've made a decision about who I like or don't like. It doesn't really matter what was being said or what the policy was. Because now all of a sudden they take a backtrack and they say, oh, well, maybe they had a good reason for doing that. Well, you know what? Let me take a look at that again. And that's actually, you know, we can say, oh, I gotcha. That could be a gotcha moment. But I think it's actually a really good moment because all of a sudden it makes us realize, you know what? Now that I know that this other person who I really like said that, I, let me reevaluate that. Well, guess what? We should be doing that no matter what. We should be doing that no matter what we hear or, or, or what uh, information we're being told. It's important for us to reevaluate that, to reevaluate the information that we're getting. And it's not just important for us as uh, in terms of politics, which is the example I'm using, or things that we hear in the news. It's important for us for us as Catholics, because when our faith is challenged, we have to ask ourselves, who's challenging the faith? What's being said? And what is the truth? More about that when we come back. All right, well, welcome back to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Welcome back to the clinic here at the Dr. Sandoval Show. I am Dr. Elise Sandoval, uh, your host for the clinic. Um, and today we're talking about biases, perceptions, and why this is going to be important in our lives. Before we continue our conversation on that, um, I want to remind everybody once again that we are going to be having a spiritual warfare conference January 16th. Um, This is an exciting conference because you're always going to get high intel information as to how to approach the spiritual world when we feel that we're being attacked by negative entities, by uh, demons, or by our own temptations uh, and our own biases that we might not be able to uh, overcome. Don't forget that uh, I normally tape the show on Saturday mornings around 9 to 10. Feel free to email me at dr.sandovalvmpr.com. That's dr.sandovalvmpr.com. If you have any questions, if you have um, any topics that you want to hear about, Always happy to talk to our listeners uh, if we're not able to do a live show. Today in terms of talking about um, biases, however, um, I think it's important that we understand what we're talking about and, and what that means. Biases does not mean that you're a bad person. If I were to assume that you were a bad person because of your biases, then I am doing an ad hominem attack again, because all of a sudden I'm assuming, oh, this person's bad and I'm going to have my own bias, right? Biases are a little bit of a contagious domino effect. Uh, If I'm, I'm assuming that somebody's all bad and that whatever they say is wrong, then I've already created my own bias and I haven't taken a step back to look at what is true and what is not true. One of the things that we've talked about, or actually a couple of things we've talked about, we've talked about confirmation bias when we've already decided something's true based on what we know or our perception of it um, without actually getting the information. We've talked about the ad hominem fallacy where we assume that a person is just wrong or always right based on who they are, because we like them or don't like them without thinking about the information that they're giving us. Um, and now I want to talk about something known as the positive negative asymmetry or positive negative, um, uh, biases. And this is what's going to be more important to us. I think on the everyday, I think this is in in psychiatry. When you come into the clinic and we do therapy and people do CBT or cognitive behavioral therapy, one of the things that we challenge all the time is do you have, you know, what are your automatic thoughts? Our automatic thoughts is what naturally comes to the brain when we're thinking about ourselves, about the world around us. And when we look at the positive versus the negative balance, do we kind of tend to see things always as a positive or always as a negative? You know, if we say, gosh, that's a really negative person, it's very obvious. And we say, you know, everything that they're saying is uh, so negative. It brings me down. It seems like they can't see anything positive in the world. I don't like being around that person because, uh, uh, you know, it's such a heavy environment. And that can happen a lot of times. We are hardwired sometimes for negativity. Sometimes we uh, tend to learn from what is negative. And I think that if if we find ourselves being super negative about everything, no, that can't go right. No, we shouldn't go out there's, you know, I, I don't want to drive. I know that I'm going to get in a car accident. No, we shouldn't go on the boat trip. I know that if I'm on the boat, it's going to sink. There's going to be an accident. I know that, uh, you know, nothing good can come out of this. Oh, you know, oh, good for you. You, you won the lottery. Great. Guess what? Now you have a lot of money problems. It's, uh, there's nothing good in the world. If we're always seeing things through a negative eye, it's something important to consider because how how true is that? That's one end of the spectrum. We, you know, it, there's people who do that. Now there's the other end of the spectrum. There's the other bias, the, the positivity bias, where somebody's completely positive. And we say, I really like being around that person. They're totally positive. They, they really bring me up all the time, but can we have, can we be off on that balance side of things as well? Yeah, it's actually possible because it's possible to say that everything is absolutely positive, no matter what. And we can't even see things for what they are, even if they're negative. And this is where sometimes people will fall into, uh, say, abusive relationships or negative friendships, you know, where you think somebody's got your best interest at heart, but they're really damaging you. And the whole time you're thinking, no, it, it's not them. It's me. You know, they're good people. This is something, you know, the world should be positive. If I'm thinking anything negative, then I'm wrong. I should see things on on the positive side of things. It's important to have that balance because we've got to be realistic about the fact that Yes, there can be negative things in life. If I have a friend and it seems like all they really want from me is, you know, to hang out when I have money or they they need money problems or all they want me to do is solve their problems and we never really spend that quality time together as friendships, well, is that really going to bring me uh, into a positive light? you know, is that really going to bring, is that bringing me something good in my life? Or do I keep making excuses for this friendship where I say, no, no, we're really friends, but really they're kind of bringing me down. They're they're taking, they they just really want to take things, but they don't contribute much to the friendship. It's important to consider that. Yeah, I have to be realistic about the negative things that could be happening in this relationship. And maybe it's time to either have a conversation or move forward, right? So if I always see things as positive, I could end up in, in these negative circumstances. If I always see things as negative and I'm always afraid that the world is negative all around me, I might not be able to make it to the, uh, to, to catch a show, to go to a theater, to go out on a trip, to go on a nice hike, because I'm always going to be afraid of everything. I can't go on a hike in the wilderness. I know I'm going to be in by a mountain lion, even if there aren't any mountain lions around, but boy, I know that that's going to happen to me. You know, no, I can't go to the theater because it's so dark and I know I'm going to be scared. I've never been, but I know I'm going to be scared and sometimes we'll miss out on things in life because everything's so negative, not only are we not going to do this, but we're probably going to push people away. We don't necessarily like to be around other people who are negative. We don't like to be brought down. And so we got to have that strike that fine balance. Well, how does this come into play for us if we're going to talk about, you know, New, Year, New Year's resolutions, improving ourselves, um, and moving forward in life? Well, one of the things that we need to consider is that if any of these things are in play in our lives, um, and you know, I've only mentioned a few uh, different types of biases. If you go online, you're going to see all different types of biases, and they all ring true. All of it means that we're seeing the world from one from one scope, from one set of, of glasses, if you will, and we're not uh, taking that step back to look at different things in terms of our perception of the world. It's important to consider these things because if I want to move forward, if I made a resolution for myself and all of a sudden I fail or I forget one day, or I'm not able to complete it, am I going to decide at that point, guess what? I can't be a good person. I can't, you know, learn that new instrument because, you know, I skipped a week and then it's easy to start to get lazy about it and say, well, I already skipped a week. I'm not going to uh, eh, you know what, forget it. I I I just I can't do it. I'm I'm a failure. And we it's so easy to get into that slump. It's so easy to fall into this idea that I can't I can't do anything right. Why? Because I've already decided that. Because, oh geez, I, I couldn't hold it together for a week. Then I'm done. Well, why not get back up? Why not start it again? This is what we challenge in clinic. This is what we what we call our automatic thoughts. If my thoughts automatically go to I'm no good, I'm going to fail because I remember in third grade, my teacher told me that I wasn't good at something. And so ever since then I've stuck to that belief and I've never challenged it. Then all of a sudden we're going to get into, into a situation where why even move forward in life? What what are we doing? Why, why after every failure, maybe I should just stay there. And I don't think God judges us that way. I think God judges more. God already knows that there's potential for failure when we, when we with the fall of Adam and Eve, um, the, There's already going to be in our human nature, there's potential for failure for sure. But if that's all that I focus on, if all I focus on is how many times I failed, then all of a sudden that's where I'm stuck. I forget that God is going to judge me not by how many times I failed, but how many times was I able to get up after that failure? How many times did I fall and try to stand up again? How many times did I decide, no, you know what? God is worth chasing. And even though I am down, I need to get back up and i need to move forward it's kind of like the prodigal son if we find ourselves in a situation where all of a sudden we're you know feeding the pigs and eating pig food and and really in, in a place of slop and we don't recognize ourselves in the light of god in the light that god sees us then maybe it's time to stand up and run back to god where he's going to clothe us and put the ring back on just like he did to the prodigal son it's important to have these biases because If I find myself in a situation like that, where I feel like I'm down, everything's negative around me, it's easy to get stuck. My automatic thoughts are going to lead me to this. There's never going to be anything getting better. I'm always going to be in this position. And that's where we we start to get into those positions where I see a lot of patients feel that they're depressed, that they're anxious, that they can't move forward in life, that uh, their relationships all fall apart. And how do they come out of that? Well, a lot of the times what we do in therapy and what I would say is for our resolutions for moving forward is we need to take that one step back and challenge the thought. We say we challenge the automatic thought. So here's an example. Let's say that you wake up and most people say, oh, another day I woke up I got to go to work. Oh, I know it's going to be a bad day. My manager's going to yell at me again. Oh, I just see them coming in. You know, the coffee's not going to taste good. Um, this person's going to show up and they're always going to be talking about their kid. I don't want to see their pictures though, you know, and if that's the attitude I have waking up and going into work, I, my automatic thoughts already told me it's not worth it to get up. It's not worth it to move forward versus I could say, well, you know what? I know that that's normally what happens, but let's challenge this. Does my manager always yell at me? Are they always in a bad mood? Always is a big word. It's a big bias word. It's a big, you know, always, never, those are big words where we, we've we decided that something just is and there's no change. When in reality, I want to take a look at it and say, you know, maybe my manager had a few bad days or they're a strict manager, but did they yell at me yesterday? Do they yell at me every single day? If that is the case and we find that to be the truth, then maybe we need to either go to uh, uh, one of our HR representatives or consider a different job. But if we're able to challenge that and realize that, no, well, no, you know, they didn't yell at me today. Okay. What am I going to do with that? maybe they don't always yell at me. Um, is my, my coworker, do they always talk about the same thing? If they do, maybe it's time to politely say, you know, thank you for that conversation, but, you know, I I don't really feel like talking about that anymore if we realize that that is the case. Or can we challenge our thoughts and realize that, you know, they do talk about that a lot, but they don't talk about that every day. Can I make the choice to not be annoyed? Can I make the choice to take a step back and say, I'm going to find something positive in my day. If I'm finding that I'm in a position where I say, everything is bad and all my days are really bad, then all of a sudden I need to take a step back and say, And what's the one good thing of today? Something has to be good. It could even be as simple as, and it doesn't even have to be that big a deal. The positivity starts with something very simple. It could be as simple as, wow, you know, I made myself a really good cup of tea with a little bit of honey. Oh, I look forward to that every day. You know, I get a cup of tea, a little spoonful of honey. And that is enough to actually start that sense of positivity. It's kind of like they say, you know, you have a room that's totally dark and you light one match and guess what? It's not dark anymore. That one small light, they conquered all the darkness. There, there's, the darkness doesn't necessarily exist there. There might still be some, but all of a sudden you have a light there. It's important for us to be able to recognize that and to look at that because if we don't, we're end up being stuck. If we get stuck in our biases, then we end up never moving forward. And we are much better than that. What I can tell you is that we do have that positivity inside of us. It's there. We had to make a decision to, to find it and to see it and to move forward. God already put that there for us this is going to be important in terms of our catholic faith because when we're challenged in our catholic faith and when somebody tells us you know what that's not true or this is true or you know this is this is uh you know you should really look at things in a different way because uh you know you guys are too strict as catholics we need to take this step back and we need to ask ourselves you know where is this coming from where's the information that you're getting coming from is it coming from the truth ultimately the truth that we need to find is jesus christ once we find Jesus Christ, our perception and the truth are going to be one, and then we're never going to have to worry about biases. We're going to talk a lot more about that when we come back from the break. Alright, welcome back to The Clinton here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Always a pleasure to be with you, and I hope uh, you guys are enjoying the show. As always, if you have any suggestions, any thoughts on any other shows or any topics you want to uh, hear about, let us know here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. You can always email me at dr.sandovalvmpr at gmail.com. You can always go online and send us an email that way as well. Today, we're talking about an important topic on biases and how our brains tick and what makes us think a certain way. And the reality is, if you look at biases for the most part, what happens is, you know, we've made assumptions, we make assumptions about people, we make assumptions about information, about things. Um, And why is this important? Because when it comes to our religion, ultimately, at the end of the day, we have to make decisions about our faith. And when our faith is challenged, not based on how we feel about our faith, but based on what's true about our faith. I think that if we start there, you know, with, with, um, with thinking about What is the truth in terms of what am I learning in terms of what do I believe about my faith? It all kind of domino effects later and makes it so that we can succeed in any other area of life. And what I mean is this, with the fall of Adam and Eve, our perception of the world changed. Our senses were split into what we call five senses. If you notice when they talk about the angelic nature, you know they don't have to look at something and, and smell it and then touch it and then feel it. That's what we have to do as human beings, right? Why? Because we're gaining information, and this is how we're forming our knowledge. And as we're forming our knowledge, I realize, oh, this is hot. This is cold. This has a certain smell. If I put this food in the heat, it's going to cook. You know, I, I learn all these different things. If we look at something like an angelic-type nature and, and, and the way God thinks, the, an, an angel will look at something and understand it completely in one instance. This is why their decision, uh, for God or against God was instantaneous. Um, they look at something and they know what it is. They know what it's going to smell like. They know exactly how it works. They know the nature of it and they don't have to even look at it, you know, touch it, manipulate it or anything like that. It's just understood for us. All of our perception is going to be off now because after the fall, we get onto this planet and now our perception is such that I have to learn about things and I have, I don't just see something and understand it for what it is. I have to come and learn about it, but my perception is off. Why? Because not only do I have to uh, learn about this thing and learn its different components, but I also form an emotional response to it. And once I form an emotional response to things, that can be really, really challenging. In our clinic, what is it that we're always challenging when somebody comes to me for help with mental health issues? What is it that we're always challenging? We're saying, you know, I know that you think that you feel that this is the case. I know that you're feeling angry about something. I know that you're feeling anxious, anxious about something, but is that the case? Doctor, I'm afraid of flying. I got a feeling that the airplane's gonna crash. I can talk to you about how flying is, you know, I can go logically. Flying is one of the most safest forms of travel. It's a lot safer than driving a car. If you look at the accident ratio versus how many planes are out up in the air, you're gonna notice that it's extremely safe. But the reality is it doesn't matter how, what the truth is, what matters is your perception of it. It matters the fact that you're feeling anxious about it. That, why do I say that? that's what matters? Because that's what's gonna drive our decision making. After the fall of Adam and Eve, and all of our perceptions are are off, or are going to be influenced, shall I say? This is where bias comes into play. My perceptions have to be in line with the truth, if I'm going to make decisions that are in line with God, in line with my faith. If I'm going to decide that somebody's right about what they're saying or wrong about what they're saying, I want to know exactly. What is it that they're saying? I can't make that decision based on who that person is because if it is if I do make that decision, guess what? I might start lying about that person. I'm I, I'm I'm if I say gosh, everything that person says is bad, that's already a lie. That's already going against the 8th commandment if you will. I'm bearing false witness because I didn't even hear what that person said. I'm just making a judgment based on my emotions and based on my feelings, not based on what really is. I think this happens to us all the time. You know, I'm sure I'm guilty of it multiple, multiple times. Um, But this happens to us as we're trying to get better, as we're trying to improve, all of a sudden our our emotions are being challenged. If we look at the Bible, what does the Bible say about emotions and and how do we approach it? And we look at Jeremiah uh, chapter 17, verse 9 says, the heart is deceitful above all things what is jeremiah telling us with there i mean that's that's kind of interesting you know we're talking i'm talking about biases and and jeremiah is telling me the heart is deceitful above all things what does he mean when christ is actually telling us that you know you know a man by what's in his heart um what jeremiah is really saying he's not saying that the heart is bad but what he's saying is that when we go when we go with our emotions we don't see things for what they are necessarily you know um by deceitful he means that if we go off of our emotions, we're going to make decisions that later on we might regret because we didn't take that step back to look at the truth. Let me give you an example. How many of us were in love with somebody in high school? And it doesn't even have to be a real person. It could have been an artist. It could have been you know, a, a music star. It could have been an actor or actress on TV. And we just had these feelings of so intense, these feelings of love. Or you're in high school and you're dating somebody and you really like somebody and you think, this is, you know what, this is the right person for me. This is the person I should marry. They are so perfect. I want nothing but this person. And and that's all there is to it. And if I could make a decision at 15, 16, 17 years old, boy, this is the, I, I just know that I'm right. And all these adults who keep telling me to wait or that there's going to be other people, they're wrong. They don't know how I, and what do we say? They don't know how I feel. You don't understand how I feel. Right. And so there's this adolescent sense when it comes to feelings, that they can be very, very, very intense. And then as adults, as we grow up and, and we get older, let's say you go back to your high school reunion, you know, you moved on, you went to college or you took, took a different job or whatnot. You married, you got married to somebody else. You go back to your high school reunion and you meet this person and you say, oh my God, this is not the person who, wait, what? Oh, well, thank God I married my wife or thank God I married my husband. Or you look back at the picture as adult and you say, Oh my God. Is that the way I used to dress? I used to think that that looked good. That's how I felt good. And I look at this picture of this other person that I liked and I think, oh my gosh, I can't believe I was so in love with that person. Look, they had braces. My perception now as an adult is totally different from my perception when I was a kid, why is that? Because we're very, very much driven by our emotions and our emotions are maturing at that stage. They're not entirely there, right? So they're, they're, they're very intense. And what we see, we believe that that's happening. We believe that that's true, but we say we're blinded by our emotions. Why do you say love is blind, right? The heart is deceitful as Jeremiah says above all things. And what does that really mean? Does that mean that we don't trust our heart? It doesn't mean that we don't trust our heart because eventually if I want to grow up and I want to get married and I think I'm in love with my wife and, or my girlfriend at the time, and I want to propose, I have to follow my heart on that. But by then what's different, what has changed? Hopefully what has changed is that our emotions have matured, but how do our emotions mature? They only mature when they're challenged. Our emotions are going to mature when they are challenged. When we take that time to take a step back and realize that things will be hurtful. Imagine being in a relationship and you go through a breakup. And all of a sudden you are heartbroken. And at the same time, you know, you think you're never going to find somebody else. There's not going to be anything better. You know, life is over. The world is over. And let's say that you are in junior high. You're a teenager at the time. And these emotions are really intense. The world is over. And then how many times do I see, do we find out that two weeks later, guess what? I like somebody else. My emotions were challenged. Now, some people can say, oh my gosh, that's so immature you know, you got to decide on something or somebody because all of a sudden what happened? You thought that you were so in love with this person and now you're in love with this other person two weeks later. It's not necessarily a sign of immaturity. It's a sign of growth. It's a sign that our emotions are being challenged. And guess what? Now I've made another decision. And, and in that midst of that pain and that suffering that I had to go through, um, now I see what, what, what the truth is. Now I see that I can't love somebody else. Now I see that my emotions might trick me at times because they might be so intense and I might believe something to be true based on how I feel. And then two weeks later, I realized, no, guess what? My emotions went somewhere else. Now I can take that step back and say, hey, when it comes to advertising, when it comes to the information out there, when it comes to what I'm perceiving, I understand that I feel something right now very strongly. I better take a step back because later on, I might feel something very different depending on what happens, depending on what my perceptions are no different than when it comes to our faith, when it comes to being Catholics, how are we going to be good Catholics? How are my biases going to be affected? If I don't look at what the truth is, then all of a sudden I can decide for myself, you know what? That's not a sin. You know why? Because it doesn't feel bad. If it feels good, you know, then how can it be sinful? If it feels good to be intimate with my girlfriend, even if we're not married, how can it be sinful? Because my feeling is telling me that it's good. See, I got to go based on the feeling. I'm not, I got to mature in my, in my spirituality and religion as well, because two weeks later, I might have a different feeling. You know, this person was not, let's say I'm, I'm being intimate with, with a girlfriend or something, and they're not my spouse. They're not, they're not who I'm with two weeks later, am I going to have the same feeling for somebody else? You know, it's no different than I really want that uh, car that my neighbor has. Am I willing to steal it? Because I really want it. My feelings are, I have such a strong feeling for that car. That's all I really want. I want that car. I could work for a car like that, but I just want that car. I want my neighbor's car. I'm going to steal it based on these feelings. And all of a sudden, let's say that you do that. Let's say that the, the car gets stolen and you take it, but you don't realize that, oh my gosh, this car's engine is terrible. It has a bad transmission. I shouldn't have taken it in the first place, but that which I was perceiving as everything I could possibly want was not the case. I had to challenge my feelings and realize that let me take a step back because if I'm driven by my emotions all the time and I don't use my logic and I don't use the truth, then I'm going to keep falling into all these different uh, situations where. I believe something is true because of how I feel, but then at the end of the day, I'm going to get burned. It's not the case that I didn't look at it for what it was. How is this important? Because where, what's the truth really that we're going to gauge this by? That's really what the question comes down to. We all, we all know that we're going to have biases. We all know that we're going to have different perceptions of things, but at the end of the day, okay, fine. So we have these different perceptions and I have to challenge them with the truth, but what's the truth that I'm going to challenge them with? what is my gold standard? As we say in, in the medical world, my gold standard has to be Christ. That's what it comes down to. If I'm going to start with uh, wanting to make decisions, and see the world the way it is, I better start with learning the truth and then let my, emo- my emotions follow from that. Cause my emotions are going to be up and down based on the day, based on what's happening, <clears throat> based on what I hear, my emotions can, can betray us. And that's where the heart is deceitful. Remember, Jeremiah says that the heart is deceitful above all things. If I start with Christ, if I start learning the truth, if I start to remind myself, what's in the catechism? What's the catechism tell me about my faith, about who I am? What's the Bible tell me about my faith and who I am? What's the magisterium of the church tell me? What has it told me over years that has been consistent? If I start there, then guess what? Everything else is going to fall into place. I might feel that abortion is okay because I might feel that I can't tell somebody else what to do with their body, but the reality is the church is going to tell me different. It's going to say, nope, it doesn't matter what you feel about that. You got to look at what the truth is. This is never right. This is always wrong. This is what the truth is. Christ in our hearts that's what the truth is. At the end of the day, that's how I'm going to make my decisions. If I have Christ in my heart, if I know the truth before me, I'm going to be able to stick to any resolution I make. Because even if I don't, even if I'm not perfect one day, it doesn't mean I fail forever. It means I get back up with Christ. So if I made a resolution to learn a new instrument, to be nicer to other people, to get in better shape, all that that means is I'm going to see life, even all these resolutions through the eyes of Christ. And once I do that, Once I see life through the eyes of Christ, it doesn't matter what's before me. My biases will be, my perceptions will be in line with the truth. And I'm no longer going to have biases that are going to drive me away from that. Let's remember that as we move on this new year of 2021. Hopefully everybody's going to be having a good year. Hopefully everybody's going to see the truth in Christ. Don't forget to join us January 16th for our Spiritual Warfare Conference with uh, Jesse Romero and Dan Schneider. And signing off from the clinic here at the Dr. Sandoval Show, this has been Dr. Sandoval. Always great to hear from you.